Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today, we are talking about the Kardashians, um, everything about them from who they are to how they got to be so big to where they're headed. And I'm so excited that we have Kardashian Colloquium on. You you might not know her as MJ. I now know her as MJ. I'm honored to, but you probably know her as the TikToker Kardashian Colloquium. And MJ comes from this like really cool academic background and she looks at the Kardashians not from like a stand perspective or even like a hater perspective, just more so who are these people? Why are they so ingrained in our culture? And just like, what do they mean? What do they kind of reflect to pop culture on us? If you're anything like me, I never considered myself into the Kardashians. Like I never really watched their show. I didn't know much about them. And then one day I realized, holy shit, those Kardashians are the type of people that get in your subconscious and just like wedge themselves there. We all know stuff about the Kardashians and we don't even realize it. Like just as a fun exercise, the next time you're talking to someone who you think isn't into pop culture, I don't know, like your dad or, you know, one of your coworkers, ask them what they know about the Kardashians. They probably know more than you think. So anyway, Today, we are going to get all into what they mean, who they are, how they got to be, and of course, the blind items on them, which, as you could imagine, are just like insane and such a spectacle. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Fluently Forward podcast. Today we have on MJ from Kardashian Colloquium. You have probably seen her all over TikTok before discussing the Kardashians, but kind of doing it different than other people would. So MJ, I'm gonna have you explain yourself, your brand and what you do online. Um, my name's MJ Corey. I author Kardashian Colloquium. I've been doing it since 2018. I started on Instagram, then I moved to TikTok when TikTok kind of blew up during the pandemic. And I apply kind of like high level, quote unquote, highbrow and um, academic theory to the Kardashian family project. Um, Which by the way, already that sounds like deafening silence, jumbo <laughs> shrimp, you know what I'm like? I, you probably would be the first person in the world tying those two concepts together. Which is so funny to me because more and more now that I'm like really deep in the work and when I started it, it was more satirical. It was more to um, satirize academia and the Kardashians. So I, I watched the show and I saw the steep stuff in it, but I thought the way to approach it would be to be funny about it. And at the time in 2018, um, Instagram was, there was like a real trend of like the theory grams and like the kind of like applying like smart quotes from, from, you know, big books to a reality show scene in, a, in the form of a meme. Um, yeah. and I felt like it was a little bit insular, like you're only going to get this if you've read the books and like, that's the joke. And it's for all the other people that are getting their PhDs or want to feel like they're getting their PhDs. And I kind of tried to tag on to that vibe by like but in a more accessible way by like make applying like creating fake academic title papers paper titles to like a scene in the kardashians and it was funny and it was fun and it was a way to kind of satirize academia and and suggest that there's more there to the kardashians but it wasn't fully it wasn't fully not inclusive I guess not inclusive like I wanted I realized it was more fun to share what I was learning about media theory as I learned it so it's just kind of developed it moved away from satire and more into real serious inquiry after a certain point yeah. 
I feel like there's so many concepts online where you can make a mountain out of it in terms of like intellectualism, but you can also make a molehill out of it. Yeah. And I always find myself kind of dumbing things down. I was actually at a party last weekend at Carol- Caroline Calloway was having all of these going oh. away parties. Mm-hmm. And I went and it was like all of these like people who to me looked like high schoolers and were like using big words that I'm like, oh my God, like I don't even know what this means. Yeah. And I was describing my podcast to someone and they were like, oh, okay, so it's like the intersection of, and I was like, stop right there. Cause <laughs> Like, I don't know what an intersection is, but it's like you can apply academia to really anything. And I think so many people, pop culture just has this reputation of being superficial mm-hmm. and stupid, even though it's like this giant money making industry that mm-hmm. everyone wants to get their claws into because it's so influential. But we mm-hmm. write it off as like, oh, my God, it's just like a stupid girl in a stupid dress. Exactly. And we do write it off, I think, in a large part because of misogyny, which is kind of like the take that I've been seeing come up again and again in conversations about my work. And I think that's real. Um, I do think, you know, that study came out a few months ago about pop culture as a distraction and it doesn't help people like develop cognitively. And I do believe that could be true. I just think that we can make meaning of things. And when things are so entrenched in our culture and shape how we live and think we have to be curious about it. Um, the way my sister puts it, my collaborator and sister Marie, she says it's irresponsible not to, to just consume it passively isn't going to feel good either. And so the Kardashians are here to stay. They have been the most monumental, influential kind of icons of our culture in this era. And I'm like kind of surprised at this point that like now people are catching on and like kind of doing it. But I'm like, I mean, it's cool that I might be one of the I'm, I am surprised. No, yeah, yeah, well, I might, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, okay, I'm surprised it was, it had to be me, but I'm happy it was. And I'm really curious, like, what made you pick the Kardashians? Because at first, I, yeah. I remember when I first came across your page on TikTok, I was like, I'm not even like that into the Kardashians, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. But then you start learning about them, and I'm like, oh my God, no, I guess somehow without barely having watched an episode of their show I know everything about them and with so many different stars mm-hmm. they rise and fall like Margot Hobby Margot Hobby Margot Robbie was really hot for a little bit yes. and she kind of fell then she goes up the Kardashians have found a way with like every person is like their own branch within the Kardashian family yeah. they never have a year where you don't pay attention to them yes so is that the reason you picked them were you in between doing this about the Kardashians and like I don't know the folks from One Direction or anything like that? Yeah, no, what a great question. You phrased that really well. It had to be the Kardashians for me because they were really the ones that tipped off this way of thinking and made me realize there's like a lot more depth to interrogate about pop culture, period. I mean, I could have always figured, but it was in 2018 when I saw a friend put on the show, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it was the Bora Bora episode where Kim and um, Rob are getting in a fight at a resort. And I was really affected. Kim, there's people that are dying. I think, is that the one where he calls her a whore and she calls him dumb or something? Yes, yes. I think you're a whore and you should shut up or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's so memeable. And I've seen the memes of it, actually. And it was crazy to see it on the show. And I was really affected by just the whole structure of the show. Like, that moment felt very raw, very real. And I was blown away by it. And then there were other parts of the episode that felt super um, narrated and and um, edited and planned. So that balance, I felt like I felt it. And it 
I talked to my sister about it. She was a media film studies major, and she was like, you got to read John Baudrillard if that vibe intrigued you. And that be kicked off my spiral. By the way, as someone who, like, d- is not on your level when it comes to academia, her suggesting John Baudrillard, if that is it, like, what what does that mean? Is he a guy who talks about reality TV? He kind of predicted it. He predates reality oh. TV, but he he's analyzed... Um, a show called the An American Family, which in the seventies followed an American family called the Loud Family, um, mm. and he called it TV. I don't know. I can't speak. I don't know. No French really, but TV verite. Um, okay. And he kind of like examined this idea of what would eventually become reality TV of a family being followed around by cameras and how that impacted the family, how it impacts television watchers, how it impacts culture. Um, so that's just in a small example of. That's, like, an example of his area of interest. Like, he was really interested in the ways that um, technology and media and the market kind of intersected, to use the word intersected, and collapsed yeah. on themselves <laughs> and, and the way it impacts, um, you know, Western culture. And so Baudrillard was the best place to start, and it circles back. Like, he kind of, like, I kind of, like, follow Baudrillard through everything I do. I find myself going back to him always, but it just kicked off a whole descent into media study. And the Kardashians, why the Kardashians, exactly like you said, they don't um, have, like, totally, like, a roller coaster of, like, a fame cycle where they're, like, gone for a while. They are very, very, like, consistent, like, for over a decade now. That is not really something we see. They are, when we, when, if it all crumbles and, like, people, like, find a way to look back at the civilization at this time, the Kardashians are going to be, like, the cornerstones of what, like, culture was. They will, whether we like it or not, um, and they've made themselves that way. And it even impresses me in a more micro sense like um I, I do this web series with my sister called between two salads and we interview um different what we call superstars of social media people that are interesting on social media in different ways and an upcoming episode is with sammy sage the co-founder of betches and mm-hmm. sammy talks about how she's observed like a life cycle of influencers on social media where people are really into them for a while you find a new influencer and you're like following them and then you kind of like get over it and I think that's just all that is doing is echoing celebrity. There's like a lot of celebrities, like you said, where we're like, cool, Margot Robbie, and then we kind of get used to her. But the Kardashians, we stay mad about. <laughs> we stay engaged with. Yeah. So I don't. they really transcend that cycle. They're that big. It is interesting, yeah. And people think of it, too, as like, oh, my God, like, it's stupid that you care about the Kardashians. And it's like, well, stupid or not, they do stick around. And I feel like yeah. that's always been this narrative of, like, do they have talent? Is it just luck? Is it their mom and their looks is it something mm-hmm. else but whatever happens like you see this with pop singers each album comes out they need to have a new look they need to have a new era they need to reinvent themselves because mm-hmm. i've seen it so often just like you say where a girl will be on tiktok doing her thing suddenly everybody starts to follow her everyone loves her and now i don't know if you get the same way but like as a creator i just look at that and i'm like oh my god like it's coming for her it'll yes. come for me it'll come for all of us and oh, it's yeah. when those comments start coming in where it's like oh, like, I just don't like her vibe, or, like, mm-hmm. this is off. And it's the type of thing where, like, you don't like someone, but you just, you're sick of them. And yeah. I don't know what it is, but it happens all the time. And yeah. the Kardashians have that to the extent where we go, oh, I'm sick of them, but we just don't turn off the supply-demand part of it. We keep exactly, watching. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, here's why. I think that they are such a cultural fractal. So, like, a lot of people will find their niche, and they're, like, shtick as a celebrity as like an influencer whatever and then they're there and then you chew it up and spit it out eventually um the kardashians 
make it their business to reflect so many aspects of American culture in such a wide way that they have a unique staying power. Just the fact that there's so many of them, um, the fact that it's matriarchal, um, they, they're an interracial family, they are, there's some queerness in the family, um, there's, there's something for everyone, every sister has a different brand, um, and they have an American also, dream narrative. Too. Yes, so exactly. Like who they date means that they could be involved in the music industry and mm-hmm. the athletes in um, the, the Olympics are somehow tied to them, the makeup industry, yes. like everything. Do you think, and this is something that, like, unfortunately, I have wondered late at night in bed alone by myself. Mm-hmm. Is it Kris Jenner who's doing all of this? Do you think that each of the girls are just as actively mm-hmm. aware of trying to rebrand themselves? I'm pretty sure they must have, like, an entire team who has their finger on the pulse and is predicting trends for them. But how much of their success is Kris Jenner being a momager versus, like, oh, like, Courtney probably is doing some of these ideas herself? Mm, good question. I think it is Chris with a team. People, that's been, like, a hot take I've gotten in reaction to my work before. Like, it's not all Chris. Like, no, Chris is definitely, like, um, like the godhead of it. But she, yeah. of course, has a team, especially as they got bigger. And um, what I think is really interesting, actually, and Jean Baudrillard talks about this in a less literal way in, in um, Simulacra and Simulation, the book I referenced earlier. Um, we're watching them, but they're watching us back. And in the theoretical idea of that, it's really just the idea that reality TV or watching a family live their life is a unique experience of life reflect being reflected back on TV in a way it wasn't before. But now, quite literally, we are engaging with them um, on our phones, on our smartphones, on streaming services. So they're able to watch the data of like what we're engaging with and then sell it back to us and like do more of whatever we're really engaging with. Like They can really do that. So that's interesting. So they have that. Um, but no, I think it's Chris, and I think she kind of steers it all, and Kim is active in her image development, but I don't really think the other one... I mean, Chloe, too, probably a little bit, but I actually think the Jenner sisters are like, whatever, I'll avail myself to the process. And I kind of do believe Courtney cares more than she acts like she does, but she kind of gets to benefit from I'm the rebellious I don't care sister and I'll monetize it you know yeah exactly and you're so right too like the fact that they're these online influencers they have the power of digital behind them like even I started doing a sub stack so I can see which links people click on for the post and I come from a marketing marketing background so if I put like 10 blind items in each post the ones about sex and drugs are always the ones Mm. that people click on so Mm -hmm. I'm like oh okay interesting like this is what people care about much more than like the fighting or the friendships or anything like that so I'm sure the Kardashians have a bunch of people looking at you know who clicked on what in their stories and then being like okay we're gonna promote the fuck out of this like eyeshadow primer because like everyone clicked on it so that must be what the people want and we forget that like they have all that information yeah totally it's fascinating so going back to how chris is like this matriarch of the family i am so interested in what you think of when it comes to like brand versus family right i feel like so many different people who are famous or have experienced fame are like i do not want this for my child it's completely toxic it's completely horrible but then you have chris jenner who is launching her children's careers and i i think it's so cute how everyone has the k name but Mm -hmm. then i also sometimes get creeped out and i'm like was she planning the brand of her child while they were still in utero you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm -hmm. where does brand and family end do you think 
you know, basically, how do you think that she distinguishes between the two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that you raise a question that makes me think about research I want to do to more adequately answer the question next time. Like, I want to know what was going on in the culture at the time that she was, like, naming her kids um, yeah. with branding, marketing, what the market was, because where celebrity was, really, because my guess... What we do know about Kris Jenner is she set them up really well for what the mediums would eventually be. Like, mm. the K-name, the consistency with the K-names is super cute, like, for sure. And it's really market-friendly. Um, it's reality TV-friendly. It unified them and made them such a little bunch, like, as they called themselves, like, Brady Bunch with a twist, um, for what they became. And all the documentation, like the fact that they have so many home videos, like ample footage to like then use in the show and then like use to appeal to us in their nostalgic Instagram posts. Like it was really media ready, but the media wasn't there yet when these kids were born. So my guess is she had um, a really curatorial way of approaching things. Which, by the way, you said the media wasn't there. If you ever watch any of the episodes from season one, it's, like, so grainy. They Mm -hmm. look all so different. Even the clothes are different. And you're, like, just within the time span of them just living life, now you have, like, HD. Like, Mm -hmm. the entire show itself is, like, completely different from when it started. Oh, my God, no. And that's really interesting, too. Like, to notice that they... I need to do, like, some of this, like, going back and, like, the little, like, fine details... um, I believe it was kind of the Paris episode, season 13 shift, when they really started to be mindful, I think, of the backdrops and the aesthetics of just a scene. And I think some of it had to do with the knowledge that people are screenshotting or using their scenes to then, like, put elsewhere to make memes out of, to whatever. Like, they wanted to make every given moment that you would freeze in that show, like, a a scenic image. Um, Mm. So they made themselves grid-friendly, even just in how they lived for the show itself, and that's really interesting. And, oh, and to um, highlight the outfits, because the show more and more became, um, like, advertising for their products, so it looked nicer to have those stark white backgrounds when they're, like, chilling in skims. Have you heard the conspiracy theory that Kim Kardashian has her apartment with Kanye, well, back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, be so blank and beige with nothing in it, so then that way the photos are easier to Photoshop because there isn't, like, a bookshelf behind you. It's just, like, (laughs) blank beige. I could totally... I've never heard that, but I could totally see it. I think it's another additional um, perk of neutralizing everything, for sure. It's it's all photo-friendlier. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about Kardashians, we talked about Kim, we talked about how they came to be. If you had to guess, like, the public's pulse on the Kardashian, would you say that most people love them, most people hate them, most Mm. people love to hate them? Where do you think, like, the meter falls? It's um, a good question, and it's going to be challenging to answer confidently because TikTok, the FYP, is so curated now, you know, or it has always been, you know. So I get the people that largely love to hate the Kardashians. And I'm sure there's... And so that's, like, the insight that I have. And then on my Instagram, it, it's so self-selective. Like, the people that come... I I get way less hate on Instagram, and it's just people that want to be there are there. So all I see is my little scope of people that are, would like my work and are on my work. But I will say it seems like, especially with Gen Z, um, they all feel like they have the hot take of the Kardashians are toxic. And they have a renewed vocab, like a new vocabulary to critique the Kardashians. I think they come to me to try to like also rationalize their hatred of the Kardashians sometimes. I'll, you, you know, make an observation about them that has more to do with marketing and then they kind of will take it as a conspiracy theory. Like, yeah. oh, the Kardashians are so toxic because they did this media manipulation that really everyone's using. But long story short, I think people feel like they have the new hot take of 
critiquing the Kardashians while not knowing that it's always been that way. Like, through changing yeah. media, there's always been this antipathy towards the Kardashians and then this, like, confusion about why they're so powerful, not understanding that we feed the power. So, yeah. I'm so glad you said that, too, especially about the language, because I see that all the time where people will be like, this celebrity is, like, doing this, and, like, yeah. this Instagram post that was photoshopped is, like, harmful and mm-hmm. dangerous. And I'm just like, I don't know, like, Russia has nuclear weapons. I think that's <laughs> harmful and dangerous. I think cinching your waist via Facetune, sure, it's not good. It could have unintended consequences but like there is such this language around like you can't just hate a cele- I'm all for hate a celebrity find them annoying they you saw them on a talk show and you just didn't jive with them whatever but I feel like Gen Z knows that you know it's wrong to just blindly hate someone I don't think it is but whatever mm-hmm. so they're like okay if I hate someone they have to be the villain so it has I'm to be righteous this- yeah so I'm gonna use this to like make sure I'm gonna like wordsmith them into an absolute demon so then that way I can be like I'm a hero for hating them like I did a good thing what people will the mental gymnastics that people will do sometimes so that they can um reinforce their own self-concept or a way they want to feel about themselves is really amazing and I see it all the time on the internet and I don't I mean listen I don't like there's a quote by Marshall McLuhan, another person I like to read in application to the Kardashians, and he says something like, I'm a, I'm totally against innovation. I don't like any of... He, he studied, like, advertising and pop culture um, back in, like, the 60s. And he was like, I don't like any of it, but I have to be curious about it. I don't know if I... You know, Facetune, all that stuff freaks me out. But to your point, like, we're dealing with nuclear threat and, like, conflict in other parts of the world. And we also um, do need to figure out how to equip ourselves to um, boundary that those messages more if we're going to – because they're here. Um, we can find ways to kind of undermine their power, but we do have to kind of protect ourselves. And the celebrities doing this stuff are certainly promoting it, but they're also, like – they are also prisms for forces that are bigger than them, too. Like, this is big tech stuff. This is, um, like, the larger media conglomerates that benefit from these celebrities being, like, figures that represent the brands mm-hmm. to engage us. So it's just, it's a more complicated system than the simplistic ways that people will be like, fuck the Kardashians, like, they should go to the guillotine. I get a lot of that from, like, angry leftists <laughs> in my... Because cause I do attract a lot of, like, people that are c- critical of capitalism, and I, I'm doing capitalist critique, but then I get people that are, like don't want the new the the breakdowns they just want to be edgelords about it and that's not interesting to me either like I want there to be earnest intellectual curiosity about the whole thing and look at it bigger yeah so so what was your take on I think we all remember the Khloe Kardashian photo scandal that I think Mm -hmm. they said her grandmother posted where it's Khloe and I honestly thought she looked completely fine like I really didn't give that photo a second thought but it's a photo of her in a bikini Mm -hmm. and I guess you know it wasn't angled right the lighting wasn't right and it wasn't photoshopped and it got put around online and the minute a photo is online it's there forever and it spurred this huge thing because chloe was like we need to tell everyone to take it down they were trying to take the photo down of course it made everyone look for it more Mm -hmm. and then chloe posted a video saying like this is what my body looks like (laughs) you know it looked a lot better she's flexing yeah and then she put out a statement being like you know i've struggled with body image my entire life blah 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 and you know, I love it when celebrities are raw and honest and vulnerable, but it also felt so weird. Like, mm-hmm. you are the villain, or sorry, you are the victim mm-hmm. of living in this world where we force so many, like, body goals on women and, like, mm-hmm. beauty standards. But then you also, like, 
get work done to your body that you're not honest about. You also Photoshop your photos and you're not really honest about that. You also have, I've stepped in front of studio lighting. Oh my God, I look fantastic in front of it. That's the only way you present yourself. Yep. And then that makes all of us feel bad. And then yep. you go, well, I'm a victim of it too. So what do you, how do you feel about a situation like that? Yeah. Um, you're hitting on something that's really another explanation for the Kardashians power because somehow they're both like, to use these terms really casually, um, because I technically would want to be more precise about them, like they kind of play both victim and villain and they kind of actually are in a way in these kinds of cases. I try to avoid psychoanalyzing any of them because I don't think it's possible to really psychoanalyze such like holograms. Um, but I, I believe Chloe's been really traumatized by everything she's been through, the unique scrutiny that's been put on her. She She's always been like labeled and... Um, hyper-focused on in a certain way for her body and for how she... Also like, the label of, like, ugly sister. Yes. You kind of saw that with Kylie compared to Kendall. You saw that with Chloe mm-hmm. compared to Kim. You saw that with Bella Hadid compared to Gigi. And these are all people who, you know, allegedly, I think you can kind of see it for yourself, have really gotten a lot of cosmetic work done. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that has to have an impact to be, like, labeled by the world the ugly sister. Yeah. Um, with the picture and then the kind of like back. I mean, I think that based on how she kind of was positioning herself in season 20, you could felt feel Chloe's ambivalence about playing the role she's always played. Cause Chloe kind of plays the role of like the MC. She kind of like mediates everyone, smooths things out, makes the jokes at the tense moments. And, um, interestingly, she's the most obvious with her cosmetic surgery. So everyone knows she's doing what all the other sisters are doing, but she's kind of burying that like, shame a little bit um it sounds it seems like she's had enough at the same time um the kardashians you know won't speak on anything that they do like cosmetic surgery wise so there's this like illusion of it's almost insulting to people's intelligence like we know you're doing all the stuff so like just like own it kind of thing and i think that Mm. certainly gen z especially is really like outraged about that i see them being the most angry about how the kardashians have impacted body image for women and that's fair. The thing is, I have noticed a lot of reactions to the Kardashians as though the Kardashians are the first to do it. And what's interesting is a lot of them, I guess, are too young to know. The Kardashians, for a minute, were ushering in new ideas of body image at a time when like, it was really like unhealthily thin, blonde, all-American, you know, all quote-unquote, like, looks. That was like what preceded the Kardashians. I mean, Paris Hilton was sort of like the, the ideal. And the Kardashians did kind of, like, rupture that thing. And there was this thing, there's, like, a interview with Tyra where she's like, you guys, like, have normal, like, real bodies. Like, mm-hmm. as though it was so radical. And then what happened, I think, was they kind of helped the world see it could be different and then leaned so far into that and then started curating their bodies and sculpting them. Now everyone feels like they have to get a BBL. Um, and I think also it was the way they sold it too because let's say like you know personally I think Taylor Swift has gotten a boob job or mm. augmentation or something like that but she's not out there selling bras that mm-hmm. will push your boobs up but you know Kylie got her lips done now she's selling lip kits so you can look like this mm-hmm. Chloe I think has gotten work done to your, her body and then she has that revenge body thing come join my fitness program to look like me or yeah. you know Courtney with her skin oh hey you can get this too if you do what you do on Poosh so mm-hmm. I think that's also a part of it too where I mean I think I I think that there is not a celebrity in Hollywood who hasn't gotten at least a nip and tuck or, mm-hmm. you know, a little Botox or a peel mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but it is interesting how the Kardashians do sell so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
they, I mean, Kylie not only got her lips done, but then she made a lip kit and then said, look, I'm a billionaire now because of it. So I think that angered a lot of people, too, to be like, okay, you're a billionaire off of lying about your lips and saying that this product could do it when really mm-hmm. you need injections. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. I do yeah. see that. Now, is there, before we get into the blinds, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like dying to hear your take on some of these because they are truly insane. I am dying to know what is your pop culture prediction for the Kardashians? Like, I believe so strongly that they're going to start a podcast. I don't know why they haven't done it already. I just feel Mm -hmm. like that's in the cards for them. Where do you think they're going to go next? It's funny you say that because I remember that Chloe and Scott like allegedly had a podcast for a minute back when they were in the mm-hmm. Hamptons years ago and, and it didn't go anywhere. And now we're really in an even bigger podcast moment. So I totally agree with you. I think they'll be doing that next in large part to like be able to like kick back after getting surgeries and stuff and not have to be seen necessarily. Oh, yes. You know, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It'll be like a perk for them. Okay. I think that Pete will be around for a little longer and then that will move on. And now that Kim is legally declared single, we're just going to see her be a lot more public and active now because um, yeah. there's like a moral permission to, as I put it in a TikTok video. Um, I think that Kylie's going to continue to have to lay low. I think they had big plans to hype the second baby and now mm-hmm. they can't. Um, so Kylie will lay low, Chloe will continue to lay low. Ken, we might see more of Kendall, and we're going to see a lot of Kim. Um, they yeah. have so many branches. It is, like, insane. Yeah. And do, do you think anything's going to happen? I just keep thinking, like, they've got a next generation on the way, too. Like, when mm-hmm. do you think the plans for marketing that next generation of children is going to start? Um, I think there's a lot of anxiety around that. You know, I think that... You know, the stuff going on between Kim and Kanye is so complicated and it's been triggering for people and and we don't know what direction it's going to go. But I I will say for how much Kanye has harmed his own credibility, I do believe there's an earnest concern for the kids in the mix there um, and not wanting them to be kind of like marketed in that way. Um, And he's been inconsistent with that in the past. Like as as Azealia Banks pointed out, he's been okay with North being on, you know, magazine covers at times. He put her on stage at some of his fashion shows. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's confusing, but I don't, I don't see, I mean, we all know it's coming. I don't know when it will start. And I hope that they put parenting first and the kids well-being first, but those kids are going to be in the public eye. There's going to be some that opt not to, and it'll be interesting to see who that will be, but they're on their way for sure. It's just so crazy too. Also like the idea of celebrities having children, I guess this happens as we get older too, but I'm like, oh my God, one day I'm going to be on like Penelope and Northwest's Instagram and like, they're going to be cooler than me on Instagram. And like right now they're kind (laughs) of like a baby, which is just like, it's coming. It's coming Mm -hmm. so soon. Oh yeah, totally. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you know what I use therapy for? Well, it's a bunch of things. I kind of use therapy to combat being a TikTok user, Um, not a creator, a user. I love the app, but I do think it's kind of crazy for our brains that in the time span of a minute, you can see five different videos that make you feel five different emotions like happy, sad, angry, anxious, envious of someone's morning routine. So I love using therapy as kind of a way to actually reverse this and think about my emotions and actually process them instead of just feeling them in the background as I swipe. So BetterHelp is online therapy. They offer video, phone, live chat sessions with a therapist. If you don't want to see anyone on camera, you don't have to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy and you're matched with a therapist quickly in under 48 hours. 
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Fluently Forward listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash fluently. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash fluently. Okay, so let's get into the blinds. Um, I, we can kind of take it person by person. There's also some on the general family that involve mm-hmm. like a couple different members. I'm going to start off with Kim Kardashian's blinds because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like she is just the number one person to come out of the family. Mm-hmm. The first one that we have here is a blind saying, it looks like summer vacation might turn into a permanent vacation from her studies. The illiterate reality star is waffling on whether she wants to become, or sorry, whether she wants to continue her program. And that's for law school. Do you think that was, like, a branding technique? Everyone found it so wild that Kim Kardashian wanted to be a lawyer, Mm. and I feel like we haven't heard anything about it lately. Oh, no, she's going to be fine. I couldn't believe that people were doubting her ability to pass the baby bar or or to eventually pass it or how she would do on SNL. I knew she was going to nail SNL and eventually Mm. get the baby bar. Um, Whether she's waffling or not, she knows she has to finish what she started, and she will. I, I, I can guarantee it. Do you Almost. think this is something, like, she just wants under her belt? Or do you think, like, one day she will be representing people in the courtroom? I don't know really, like, how what capacity. I'd have to think about, like, how media and law have really played together in the past. She might do a couple, like, tro- like cases and then eventually kind of shift more into, like, a media talking head role somehow. I don't think she's going to be doing any kind of commentary or not too much of it where it's, like, now she's, like, I don't know, on CNN weighing in on stuff. Or maybe she will. I don't know, actually, because <laughs> I kind of could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she'll find a way to, sh- to make it serve her media image, I think. And I think she'll probably be doing advocacy and activism, but maybe not so much, like fighting in a trial for somebody like litigation or something but you never know like yeah and i do love her advocating for people right you have this huge platform there's so many causes that we need people to get behind so kudos to that yes we have a bunch of blind items about her sex tape um this is one Oh my god, there's so much lore in the blinds about this sex tape saying, is there a separate sex tape starring the illiterate A-list reality star? No. But are there several more hours of footage that could have been in the first one but were not? Yes. It consisted of the really, really graphic stuff. It probably could have used it since so many people fell asleep watching the first one. And there's all this internet lore that, like, the first sex tape had, like, a golden shower in it, Mm. all of this stuff, and it was edited by Kris Jenner before it was put online which I find I think that takes it a little bit far I think maybe uh Chris would have been like great let's use this to our advantage all news is good news I don't think she would have edited it but I'm curious your tapes your takes on the tape and if you think Kim Kardashian would have made it without it um no she wouldn't have made it without it for sure it was an instigation yeah yeah I think that that's how it started and I think they really just have in the beginning especially followed that classic formula of sex cells um Mm. and in in a sense it's unfortunate that that's what, what had to be done. You know, it's something very, very exposing, something that she probably didn't didn't enjoy, if it was leaked by them, didn't enjoy doing, but it was a necessary business move in a way. In terms of the content of the tape, it could go either way. On one hand, it would be very much like the Kardashians to edit any kind of content of them yes. in a way that serves them, you know? Um, and on another hand, there is something that the public does with Kim Kardashian because she does so much self-exposure, such um, mm-hmm. exceeding self-exposure to, like, what we're even, we've ever been used to. She always pushes it that there can be, like, lurid fantasy applied to her 
Um, like for example, and I, and I get really like, I want to investigate this more at some point, just thinking about it. Like, why is this? And I don't love it. Um, the Paris robbery, this amount of speculation, very lurid, morbid speculation about what it was like when Kim was naked in a bathrobe and then she got tied up in the bathtub and like people, magazines, like news outlets, like made simulations of what happened like, to imagine it more. And so I do think there, it, it could be very true that, like, there's, like, some more explicit stuff that got edited out, very Kardashian. At the same time, it's very much, like, the public to mm-hmm. fantasize about how much, um, like, how demeaned Kim was really in that tape. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely view Kim as, like, someone we can collectively, like, talk about, stalk, all go, like, all, yes. all of this stuff. Yes. So... Kim and Kanye also, of course, have so many blind items. And what's really interesting, I was talking to Kelly from Beyond the Blinds uh, Mm -hmm. this past weekend, and she was saying that Kanye West was not mentioned in blind items at all until he got with Kim and Mm. into the Kardashian family. There was really only one blind item about him and Amber Rose, but, like, he Mm. wasn't a character Mm. on these websites. Obviously, now he is with Kim a lot. There were a bunch of blinds saying, basically, that in their divorce at Kanye was allegedly forced to sign everything over to Kim and also that um, within the show they would shoot a bunch of scenes to kind of fill in the storyline of her marriage to Kanye West. Mm. Basically there were a bunch that I could have cut in here but they kind of weaved the story that Kanye didn't really want to be associated with the family they kind of roped him into it and then in the divorce they tried to take more from Kanye than he tried to take from them Mm. who knows what's going on i think especially in terms of recent events everyone's like kanye is Mm -hmm. the person doing the worst actions here but it's interesting that every single man who winds up with someone in the kardashian family leaves with their reputation kind of in tatters Mm. do you think that that's purposeful or do you think that they just kind of were the bad actors here um yeah there's a lot of tiktok discourse around how the kardashians and their boyfriends kind of like those dynamics play out and because the Kardashians often have been in relationships with black men those power dynamics need to be interrogated um at the same time while also holding the fact that um the Kardashian curse narrative I do think is like comes is rooted in like a paranoia about a group of powerful women um and witches yeah yeah and it's like the reason they're called witches is because the idea of like women um naturally obtaining that kind of power is just like unthinkable um so with Kanye I mean I'm not so great at speculating about like the tea in this way but I it, it, it goes without saying I think um although Gen Z seems to act like this is some kind of revelation so I like someone was like calling me out because I didn't acknowledge that Kanye created Kim Kardashian I'm like I thought that was a fucking given I mean she had she was working with a lot to start with but Kanye facilitated like the myth in an epic way that they wouldn't have been able to do without him so Kanye was definitely the rising tide that raised all of the Kardashians ships yeah he saw that they were he saw their potential he saw like the the crazy kind of media theory that could be applied to them like I'm applying high theory to the Kardashians but really the first to do it in a way was Kanye like Kanye was always really good at summarizing what they were and calling Kim Marie Antoinette calling Kim Marilyn Monroe I don't think he really was being very literal in that I think his point was that she's going to be a blueprint for a new kind of icon that consolidates Mm -hmm. all of the past icons of like different times in media and so he really saw them and he he made them 
better and more interesting and more aesthetic and um, much more marketable. He's the richest black man in America, a talented, legit genius who gave me four incredible kids. So when I divorced him, you have to know it came down to just one thing, his personality. <laughs> I know that sounds mean, but people keep telling me that comedy comes from truth. And if there's one thing that I always strive to be, it's genuine. So I just want to say how incredibly excited I am to be up here on this stage tonight. I mean, I'm so used to having 360 million followers watching my every move. And I mean, how many people watch SNL? Like 10 million? So tonight, tonight is just a chill, intimate night for me. So if, if the divorce is going out in a way that's not equitable to him, there's a real injustice in that. It's sad. Whatever is going on between the men or personally, I really don't know. Um, and I can't speak on it, but we can't forget the role he played. And I think that yeah. they are wondering how they're going to do without him. They're figuring it out now. We're watching Kim in that process now establish her independence from his image influence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see how things change with them without Kanye's presence in yeah. the family. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we... <laughs> This next blind item, I just want to go on record by saying I do not think that all of this is true, but we had so many blind items over the years of the Kardashians hooking up with the same guy collectively. So this is what they allegedly say, Mm. who has hooked up with who. For Travis Barker, we have Kim and Kourtney Kardashian. Mm -hmm. For Drake, we have Khloe Kardashian and Kylie Jenner. For Game, we have Kim and Khloe Kardashian. French Mm. Montana, we have Khloe Kardashian and Kylie Jenner. Scott Disick, we have Courtney and Khloe Kardashian. And for Justin Bieber, we have Kendall and Kylie, as well as Courtney mm. Kardashian. Mm. Now, they're a big family. I just don't think that there's about eight different men in Hollywood that multiple sisters have hooked up with. Um, what's your take on all of these rumors? Especially Justin Bieber always comes up with like having hooked up with different members of the family. I saw one theory saying that he and Courtney fathered a child and like mm. all of these crazy things. <laughs> Why do you think so many people like to talk about like this kind of incestuous relationships? Um, great question. Uh, I think because the pop culture consumers are standing a lot of these men and then they have their thing about the Kardashians, whatever it is, whether they are down with them or they don't like them. And then there's, like, a fanfic element of, like, putting them all yes. together and then, like, imagining it being super messy. On yeah. one hand, like, I think Hollywood is probably small and somewhat incestuous. It's very possible. There are a lot of, you know, they're a big family with a lot of sisters. I also have seen in families with lots of sisters, I've seen sisters kind of compete over the same guy or like the same guy, and that happens because I'm gay and it's just me and my sister, we've never had that problem, but we have cousins that have talked about it and we've always come back being like, oh my God, thank God we just, that's not even thinkable to us. Um, I would hate that. But um, I think, yeah, I think it comes back into that. People like to fantasize about lurid things with the Kardashians. Like, oh my God, there was one night that my partner and I were stoned and I was on a TikTok live and someone I forgot Good for how- you, by the way. I've done TikTok lives high before, and I'm like, <laughs> I need to end this. Like, I'm completely mumbling over my words. Oh, my God. I can't, no, I only do them high pretty much, and that's what <laughs> got me kicked off of TikTok for a week, actually, once, because I lit a joint on live. That was really dumb of me. But it, there are times where, like, I'll be live, and I'll be like, what am I? Like, 
I'm only talking to my own face. Like I'm responding to comments, but this is just me looking at myself and it's really trippy. So that is when I got to like drink some water, but it's usually fun. And maybe that's how it started. Whatever it was, maybe someone said something or my partner had the idea. There was like an inspiration later in the night to look up Kardashian fanfic and it was fucking (laughs) wild. It was so, I wanted to analyze it or make a post about it, but some of it got the most interesting stuff was like, honestly too, um, taboo to like even try to get into without it being like so delicate and like cancelable and like just people not getting it but like there was a was lot it, like incest stuff there was in oh lots of incest stuff lots of like bdsm stuff a lot of racial stuff like mm. it, the, the, the fanfic touched on pretty much the darkest like shadow selves of the public consumption of the kardashians it was fascinating but i don't think social media would be able to handle like an intellectual analysis of it at this stage i'd have to be really good at it yeah i also like i went on this thing like a couple years ago where i was like i'm gonna quit porn i was like it's a bad industry it harms people i was like i'm only gonna read stuff so like Mm -hmm. you know there's fan fiction there's erotica online there is not, there are so many things where it's like Selena and Miley and Demi all mm-hmm. have like anal and like the mm-hmm. Disney girls. And then they're like, and Taylor Swift pops up in there too. I'm like, okay, you're like on the Disney channel viewing it through a completely different lens than I yeah. am. I don't think that they're all together in a hotel room, you yes. know? Um, but like you said, like if you're a public figure, anyone can view you the way they want to view you, which is like terrifying. Yeah, I would hate that. I would hate that. I mean, I would never want to be famous honestly but I do think right you're just this figure available for consumption and Mm -hmm. it's like play you know people are like playing Barbies in some pervy way sometimes with these images of these women in their heads yeah Yeah. okay so we have a couple blind items about the Kardashians and their donations and things like that Mm. basically saying as with all donations from any member of this A-list reality family don't believe it unless you see a receipt and that Mm -hmm. was in reference to them saying they were making a $1 million donation to the Armenia Fund. Mm. Um, And then there was also one saying, still waiting on the receipts of the illiterate reality star to say that she donated $1 million, like she really said that she would. Mm. The donations that they do, I also know they do a lot of those giveaways on Instagram, Mm -hmm. which I'm pretty sure influencers do because then you can write it off in your taxes Mm. as a donation or something that you were giving away. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Kardashians are like capitalist, greedy, money-hungry people or do you think that they are donating and giving back? We just choose to ignore it because they're like Kardashians. Mm. Well, whether they're donating or not, I mean they do like absolutely represent like capitalism yeah. and it, at its <laughs> at its core. Um but I I don't know what they're doing. It'll be interesting to see if it ever is uncovered. Like I could see them quietly doing it only to be discovered later at the, when the time is right, when it serves them in a different way, um, or when we find out and it's waiting to be discovered. And there's a pleasant surprise in that sense. Like the Kardashian, like certainly with Kim and her image, like the thing about her is she like leans into the flack she gets and then she ends up doing a good job. Whether yeah. it's like, um, you know, that the, there was an article in The Cut about, I hate Kim Kardashian, like, I she offends me to my core, but Skims is really good. Like, she comes through with a good product. I wouldn't know. I, I don't own any Skims besides pajamas my mom gave me once, but she tends to come through with a pleasant surprise. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know how it works to, like, track down whether someone really donated or not, but they're certainly doing tax write-offs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, some, I, I think if we could, probably we, people would have uncovered it by now. People oh, like to gotcha them. Definitely, yeah. And yeah. Detectives would have like taken on that crusade. Yes. 
Okay, so let's move on to Chloe. Most of the blind items about Chloe are about, of course, Tristan Thompson cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it's not even a blind item. It's yeah, something it's that, like, news. once every season we get, like, actual physical proof evidence of Right, it, it's in the show. She's going to be embarrassed uh, again by her on-again, off-again ex who hooked up with multiple strippers this weekend. And there are lots of pictures and videos and things like that. Also one saying, just because we are changing the channel doesn't mean we are changing the stink. This reality family is setting up another one of the NBA player side pieces. You know, instead of just dumping the NBA player, the family much prefers trashing other women than looking in the mirror. Mm. My question for you is, this family is so obsessed with how they're seen by the public, the narrative, the PR of it all. Why the hell is Chloe staying with Tristan when it's just continual embarrassment like every six months like clockwork? Is she still with Tristan this time around, or is it just, like... Now, I think they're, like, co-parenting, but she Mm. still has so much love for him. And then sometimes they'll, like, take very coupley photos during, Mm. like, special moments and things like that. And Mm. I just still remember when everything happened with Jordan Woods and Chloe was, like, really reaming out Jordan on Twitter, who's very, very young. And Mm -hmm. then she was like, oh, I'm talking about this to Tristan publicly, but or sorry, privately, but Jordan, you need to take responsibility for ruining my family. And I'm Mm. like, you can't, like, task someone with that, especially when this man, he's the one who said he would be faithful to you, not Jordan. Mm. And also, he's done this 17 different times. So, like, when it happens, what are you going to do? Blame Jordan time and time again, even Mm -hmm. though there's now been seven women between her? No, that's really, that part of it's really embarrassing for her that it keeps happening. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I That's where it comes into, like, psychoanalyzing a family in a way that I just find it challenging to do because yeah, there's... Yeah, like someone's so- actions you can't really... Like, maybe she loves him, and that's right, the answer. Right, yeah. and it's compulsive, and it's rooted in deep insecurity. I mean, we kind of, like, see the, the, like, outlines of it, and, um, yeah, I mean, she does keep him around. I don't know, I don't know, because, like, we don't know how deep, it go, you know, her wounds go. Yeah, I just think that must be... I would just think it's so embarrassing for the family, but it also gets them so much news and clicks, Mm -hmm. and it does paint Chloe in this light. I just wonder, like, you know, if they're truly in love, why wouldn't she do something where she's like, okay, we're going to break up, like, I've had enough of this, I'm an empowered woman, I'm not going to be with someone who cheats Mm -hmm. on me, but then maybe just, like, see him in private because she's in love, and, like, you can't help doing that, you know? So I find it interesting um, just the way that they're going about it so candidly, where they're like, it is a mess, it is a mess, and, like, that's what's happening. Totally. Okay, we had some interesting ones about... um, Courtney, but I think what's more interesting are all of the blinds about Scott. Auntie Chris, it's me, it's Todd Cranes. So Scott Disick has been in the blinds for a while, just as someone who is, I feel like he has a reputation for the minute someone in Hollywood turns 18, they're Scott Disick to take them on vacation somewhere. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, we had a blind about Scott Disick and Addison Ray because I know that she was involved with, you know, Courtney and the family for a bit, saying... This part-time reality star who only dates barely legal women showed friends naked photos of the A-plus list TikTok star who was mm. barely out of her teens. He ca- he calls them his retirement account, and that's mm. about Scott Disick and Addison Ray. Mm. Do you think that the family kind of knew Scott was, like, this problematic bad actor, so they set him free? Or do you think that mm. that was just a decision between Courtney and Scott? Um, It seems like they understand their role in Scott's life because he doesn't have family and he and Chris mm-hmm. have a, a nice bond. Um, and I think he was so good on the show. He was oh, so yeah. funny. 
Yeah, he was kind of like the jester, and he was yeah. like a, a co MC with uh, Chloe. Like yes. he knew he knew what what moments needed to be filled in or lightened up, and he would take that role. And I think he really gets everyone and knows everyone in that unique way that I think uh, only children are often good at. Like there's a real intuition about how fam- like dynamics work because there's had to be so much observation of dynamics outside of like their ability to be in them, um, yeah. and so he. He's kind of, I did a post that people really liked when I first started the account like years and years ago about, it was when I was still doing academic titles applied to scenes in the Kardashians. And it was something about the sad clown. And so um, <laughs> I think he played a really important role in the show and um, the family loves him, but then they know he's a liability. But he's like a liability in the sense that he like creates, like he inserts really real moments like that they yeah. can't stage because of what he would do when he was drunk. But he he also like ultimately is loyal to them and never takes it. I don't know. Like he does, somehow it's like they've created this norm. Scott dates young girls and then they kind of like work with it. Then Kim gets mad at him on vacation or whatever. I haven't even seen that episode, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah, you know. Um, so I think they keep him close. I don't think they've like totally set him free, but he's gonna just like do what he's gonna do while he like pines for Courtney. I think I do yeah. believe that narrative that they've put forth that he's wants that. Yeah. And also, like, he's going to stay part of the family. He has children mm-hmm. with Courtney. He's just yes. been a part of the family. I feel like you don't just cut yourself off from the Kardashians and never hear of them again. Yeah, totally. So let's move on to Kendall Jenner. Kendall's lines are pretty interesting. Um, a lot of them basically say that her relationship with Ben Simmons is PR. Or, sorry, Ben mm-hmm. Simmons and also Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, basically saying that an NBA star is breaking his NDA by telling friends about his lack of relationship with the reality star. He was told by her people that it would look good for his career to be seen with her. They, they've never had sex, let alone kissed, unless mm-hmm. there was a camera present. There's a bunch of blinds like this, and then there's also a bunch of blinds saying that... Um, you know, the reality family, if they want more ratings, just let the reality stars tell her secret. So for mm-hmm. years, there have been these blinds saying, is Kendall Jenner queer? Is she gay? Mm-hmm. Is she asexual? I just see her as someone not interested in romantic relationships at all. Um, and I don't know why. That's just, like, the view I have of her. What do you guess about Kendall? Oh, I mean, I, I limit how much I try to openly speculate now because I've decided to pull back from the tea, but... I mean, I guess full disclosure, like, as a lesbian, um, I have always kind of clocked Kendall as gay, and <laughs> younger Kendall reminds me of my younger self, and not in a way that's, like, um, even, like, I don't feel especially fond of Kendall. I don't especially, I find her not the most, like, exciting to analyze. Um, she's mm-hmm. kind of there, but I think part of that might be because there's a guard there, and she's, you know, she was a tomboy growing up. I think that she's done, like, a kind of, like, corrected, corrective, like, self-feminizing that to fit into the family more that I think is, like, a little sad. Um, I don't know if it's really true to her, and I think that's part of why she comes off as awkward and anxious and then ends up, like, not being liked. Um, and, yes. yeah, I, I think that it's possible that something about Caitlyn's coming out alienated her from the idea of coming out. I don't know. I'm, this is more um, anal- psychoanalyzing and tea than I ever mean to get into, but... Um, I'm not surprised to hear that there's possible, you know, rumors about NDAs and her not actually being with these guys because I really just safely assume there's a reason for that. And if she hasn't come out because it would be good for the family, then she probably really doesn't want to. And that's part of why I even steer clear publicly speculating because I'm kind of like, 
all right, that's her thing, I guess. It's almost a, a similar um, boundary, I feel, even though I just literally did it and speculated. It's a boundary, I feel, about um, the kids and then also Kendall's coming out, where I'm kind of like, on a human level, I'm going to steer clear of that when I can because it doesn't really serve real analysis of the family's project. And it's like, the family gives everything away. They expose everything. They kind of like remove whatever's sacred from anything. But if she's not trying to come out and they really do sell everything about themselves to the public, like I'll try to respect that. But Mm. all of that said, like, yeah, I think Kendall's probably just, okay. And she might be asexual in a sense at this point because it's been so like, it's had to be so pushed away. Who knows? Maybe that's also true. I mean, it's interesting that the family's definitely aware of the rumors. I just remember years ago when Kendall was putting out these social media posts being like, on Friday, I'm going to talk about a secret that's been plaguing me Mm -hmm. since childhood, something that I think about, and it has been like haunting me, but I am like ready to share it with the world. When I was 14, I couldn't reach as many people as I can now. Now that I'm 22 and I have this whole thing behind me, I I can speak to so many people and just be like, I can help you. And it's okay, and ever and I experience it. I'm very normal, and like, I understand you. Like I can connect with you. Everyone was like, "Here we go, she's coming out." And then she went, "I had acne, and I'm yeah. doing something with proactive." And we were like, "Okay, so you definitely know that the rumors are out there because there's you geared this so much yes. to have it read as like you're coming out or something like that." So the family definitely knows at least that they can like milk it for some money. I remember that. I remember making a meme um, the night before, like. I was excited. I really don't get that excited about the family or, like, invested. Um, And with that one, I was kind of like, oh, it's finally happening. And I, like, made, like, a, like, anticipatory meme and everything. And then it was another another sales (laughs) moment. And for proactive, too, of all things. Not even, like, launching your own skincare thing. It was like, I'm partnering with proactive. Yeah. That check must have been really big. Exactly. I had an insecurity with my lips when I was younger. So I turned to makeup to help me feel more confident. So Kylie is very interesting. I have a couple of questions for you about Kylie, but we we do have blinds about Kylie Jenner and Drake. Um, I know people have paired them together as something that happened, but we have one saying, as much as this momager would love for the one named North of the Border A-plus lister, that's Drake, Mm. to be interested in her daughter, it isn't going to happen, no matter how much she leaks to the press. The momager has visions of being his manager and 10%, but nope, he sees what happens happen to the former A-plus lister and the dead careers of half a dozen others that got swallowed in that black hole. Mm. So I find that interesting that Kylie was, or sorry, that Chris was allegedly trying to put Drake and Kylie together. I do think that would have kind of broken the internet for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have blinds about how Kylie Jenner tried to trademark Rise and Shine. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that, but like everyone was mm-hmm. memeing on her. And then she copyrighted the, or sorry, she trademarked the phrase and then sold $65 hoodies with it on it as merch which like you said is just like oh my god it's like the most kardashian thing to do you get memed you throw it on a sweatshirt and boom you make like a million dollars in a weekend yep yeah they they do snatch up those little opportunities or it's people at least have come this far to acknowledge like be intellectually honest and say they're great business women you know like they see those opportunities and they do them and they are pretty savvy i feel like chris is pretty comfortable i mean she's got enough on her plate to manage the girl the the kardashian women like i actually don't, yeah, I don't can't think she see needs her any more money yeah yeah no more yeah. and like she's getting older i i can't really see her trying to court drake but you never know um and i do remember there were leaks about kylie and drake and they did seem a little bit 
I think they texted random. when she was still underage, and that was like a little bit. Drake's always doing that. Yeah, yeah. Drake loves to do that. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's he his does. hobby. Yeah, for sure. That's like kind of like I think he like might be more self aware now after um, Millie Bobby Brown was like innocently like yeah he uh, loves to text me that whole moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, they were totally like leaking or putting that in the press somehow, and it was intriguing. Yeah. I remember seeing those things and being really um, like, oh, that would be funny. Mostly because I. When I finally saw Drake in concert, I was, like, taken aback by how, like, real versus staged it felt, too. Like, the same, like, effect that the Keeping Up with the Kardashians has on me as a viewer of, like, this is so polished, and yet it's still so, like, real. I felt at the Drake show because it was so much more... I mean, it was a big stadium pop music show and I guess I don't go to a lot of those but it felt like watching a Broadway play in a way the way he the stage blocking happened the way he like danced like in such a choreographed way but then it was live music and it was music you hear all the time and it was exciting to hear it live so really the real part of it was just mostly the fact that it was like finally hearing these great pop songs live but basically my friend and I came away from the show being like Drake is such a He's also such a hologram. He's also such, like, a product. Um, yeah. And it would have, yeah, it would have made sense in, a, in an interesting way. And he's also interesting, like, the Kardashians, too, because I've, I get so tickled by, like, how people make it huge. And then you can look at them, like, in the earlier times. You know, like, Kim Kardashian, yeah. huge. And, like, she's trailing behind Paris Hilton in the same yeah. time. And, like, Drake is huge. And he was, like, playing a guy in high school on Degrassi, Degrassi right. you know? And you're just totally. like, oh, my God, like, I guess your past doesn't matter. Or at least, like, you definitely can rise above it. Mm-hmm. Always okay. interesting to see that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, obviously, you are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. You're also, I recently started following you on Twitter, which I love to do because I was like, I only know you in terms of the Kardashians and just, mm-hmm. I love following people on Twitter because it's like, oh my God, like they like oatmeal, they can't sleep <laughs> at night. It's just like all these random things. Yeah. You're also on Instagram and you post these really cool infographics kind of like mm-hmm. explaining your analysis of the Kardashians. Um, where else can people find you and like what's next for Kardashian Colloquium? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, Instagram is really my favorite place to be. Instagram is like my comfort zone. It's my, it's like the best way for me to express myself. I'd rather not be on camera usually. Like I, I prefer to just write. Um, so Instagram is my space. You've talked a bit about it before too. I feel like TikTok too is just getting like a nastier place to be week Mm -hmm. by week. And like, it's weird that Instagram is now like the friendly place to hang out online. I know. And I, cause when, for that between two salads web series I'm doing with my sister, like every guest we spoke with was like Instagram makes pretty much every guest at 80%, 85. We're like, Instagram makes me unhappy. TikTok is my new happy place. Um, but I think there's, it's taking a turn again, or at least for me personally, um, the TikTok algorithm I'm becoming increasingly suspicious of. And no, it's not just because I'm not doing well on TikTok lately, or I'm not doing as well as I used to. I'm not like explosive anymore. Um, I really believe that TikTok baits its creators. It will blow some people up and then take it away so that they keep trying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, there's a reason the app is so addictive for users and creators. And I think it's insidious. And I'm still going to use it, I guess, to, like, make content and appeal to people. But I'm going to start managing how I relate to TikTok more. Um, and, yeah, Instagram's my favorite place to be. I'm on Twi- uh, Twitter now, too. I have a little Tumblr, but I don't really post. It's just, like, my version of a website. So it's mjcorey.tumblr.com. Um, and YouTube, this web series with my sister, Between Two yes. Salads. Yep. I and love that, Between Two Salads. That's <laughs> a great name for it. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a blast. It's been really fun. We talked to really interesting people. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. And anyone who wants to get more Kardashian Colloquium, just uh, check out the episode description and everything will be linked there. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of the day. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Huge, huge thank you to MJ, aka the Kardashian Colloquium, for coming on and just indulging me in all of this epic Kardashian stuff. And before we wrap up for today, we're just going to get into some trending topics. So first trending topic is that Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas are expecting baby number two. This is what we're going to be part of what we're covering on this week's Substack. If you want to check it out, fluentlyforward.substack.com. On there, I have, I don't know if you've ever seen the photos of Sophie and Joe flipping off the paparazzi, but I really get a kick out of it. So we go over that on there. And we also go over some of the blinds, which, you know, I'll just give you a little sneak peek if you aren't subscribed. Um, I was surprised that there are some blinds about at the beginning of their relationship, Joe cheating on Sophie and also Joe being like a huge coke whore, basically, (laughs) which um, I don't know. I feel like for some celebrities, it's surprising to learn that they're a little bit of an alleged coke whore. But for Joe Jonas, just something about the Jonas Brothers, you know, it makes all their blinds so much more scandalous that we first knew of them as like these family Disney rockers with purity rings. So Anyway, I always live for when the blind items tell a different tale than like People Magazine does. And let's just say this definitely falls under that category. Another thing we have to talk about, even though, I don't know, if you're like me, I'm a little bit over talking about Kanye West at this point, but you know, let's just keep talking about him for a little bit longer because in his latest music video, Easy, he is burying Pete Davidson alive um, in a claymation fashion, which first of all, I don't know about you, but the claymation was just as terrifying as the decapitation of Pete Davidson. Something about claymation freaks me the fuck out. I don't like it. I don't like it. Ugh, like, ugh. What was that movie? Like, The Fabulous Mr. Fox? Like, ew, absolutely not. Maybe it's because I watched Wallace and Gromit as a kid, but like, anyway, claymation freaks me out. So, If you haven't already followed Kardashian Colloquium on TikTok, she had a great video about this, which I had forgot, even being a millennial myself, I had forgotten that this existed, but back in the day on MTV, they used to have this like series, oh my God, the internet and the TV, everything was just so wild back in the day, but they had a TV series called Celebrity Deathmatch, and in it, they would literally have claymation versions of celebrities like fighting to the death in a boxing ring and just like punching each other like I remember seeing clips of it when I was a kid so this music video is definitely a homage an homage an homage whatever it's a nod (laughs) to that uh tv show that used to go on so just head over to youtube and type in celebrity deathmatch and you'll see it Granted, it's still absolutely butt-fucking-sane that Kanye West is making this music video about Pete Davidson, but I hadn't even thought about how it reflected that TV show. So check out Kardashian Colloquium's uh, TikTok on that. Another thing on the Kanye situation, a lot of people have written in and they're like, Shannon, is this PR? You know, is this just all PR stunts for his upcoming album? I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be. 
you know, of, of course you want to get hype around an album. Every single celebrity or artist is seen doing more when their album is coming out. But then you also have people saying, this is not PR, this is just bipolar disorder. But then, you know, that's not what bipolar disorder is. And then I've also seen people online saying like, well, you know, that just kind of sucks to hear because I have bipolar disorder and I manage it. And, you know, I know not to make a music video decapitating someone like that's not what this is either. So I think it's just really tricky. And at this point, I think a lot of artists forget too, especially artists like Kanye or um, we talked about this on the pop culture conspiracy theory episode, Marina Abravanich. It's like, yes, she's the one who does like, oh my God, these like kind of satanic looking artworks and performances. And they're like, it's just art. And art is supposed to make you feel. And Kanye West with like this music video and the famous music video with, you know, the naked Taylor Swift and Donald Trump and all of that being like, it's art and art is supposed to make you feel. And yes, like those music videos did make me feel something. But why do people always forget like, happiness is a feeling satisfaction is a feeling like your art doesn't always have to evoke a negative terrified petrified feeling like art can just be as good if it also makes you feel happy or it makes you feel joyful or relaxed or light and i don't know this kind of gets into a larger sense too but i feel like so many people just focus on sadness as being more like impactful and meaning more than happiness it's the same way you look at Taylor Swift's, I don't know, lyrics, I can kind of relate everything back to her lyrics, and you're like, oh, this breakup song is like the best well-written song. People just always think sadness and negative emotions are more valid, and that's just something I don't understand. Okay, so that's it for this week. The only other thing I have to say is just an exciting kind of, and I, oh, well, let me say what's happening next week. Next week, I have Jenny on from the Red Room podcast, and we are talking about the celebrity sex cult Nixium. There's also references to Scientology and Epstein. It's just going to be like one of those kind of let's dive into a conspiracy cult that turned out to be true episodes. And you know me, like I live for that shit. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Also, I'm excited. We the podcast fluently forward has signed with cake media for the next year so expect in these coming weeks i think every episode's going to get a little bit better just like production wise audio quality wise i'm going to be getting a new microphone in a couple of weeks um so thank you so much to everyone for bearing through as i just like record this you know in my closet by myself but i think things are going to sound a little bit more professional um down the road so i'm excited about that okay thank you for listening thank you so much for kardashian colloquium for coming on and get ready for next week to be kind of like creeped out if you want to look up stuff on nixium before they did an hbo series called the vow about it and that's really good. Just, you know, I don't know, in case you want to like get creeped out <laughs> before the episode. So I will see you next week and thanks for listening.